future is now. And welcome to the SVK Crypto Podcast. 15 minutes of crypto value. My name is Charles Story. I'll be your host in the next 15 minutes, becoming live from the city of London, Shoreditch. So let's get down to business. Bitcoin is currently trading at $5,335, up 2% in the last 24 hours. Ethereum is currently trading at $159, that's up 3%. Ripple is currently trading at $0.30, cents, that's up 6%. Bitcoin Cash currently trading at $256, that's up 7.5%. Litecoin currently trading at $73, that's up 9%. And EOS currently trading at $4.72, that's up 4% in the last 24 hours. So let's look at some of the winners and the losers in the last 24 hours by percentage gain. Waves is currently trading at $2.21, that's up 12% in the last 24 hours, outcompeting the market massively. We also have on the downside, Odem currently trading at $0.22, cents. that's on 16% in the last 24 hours. If we look at the overall market, the market cap is currently $172 billion. Bitcoin's dominance of that is currently 54.5%. So that's what's been going down in the market. There's a lot of different stories out today. And I think today is going to be a really, really exciting show because we're going to be talking about the following. We're going to be talking about the news from Tether. They have their lawyer who's come out to the public, what he said and where Tether is currently at. That's what something we're going to be discussing today. We're also going to be speaking on HTC's plans to launch another blockchain phone this year and what that entails. Um, big news from HTC, the phone maker and phone giant. And also we're going to talk about um, the fact that two people are charged of running shadow banking services for crypto exchanges. We're going to be discussing the pros and cons um, of the entire space at the minute, right? And we're going to be talking about the banking infrastructure that is clearly needed, that is not being there for so many great projects. So all will be coming up. Let's get down to business and let's jump into the show. Tether, that's what everyone's been talking about on everybody's minds. I'm talking to people from all around the world at different levels, of different companies. And everyone I've spoken to is talking about one thing, Tether. So let's speak about that. And let's give you the positive updates, well, the updates that have been happening and what you need to know. So the USDT stablecoin is only about 74% backed by fiat equivalents as of April 30th, says its issuer, General Counsel. Tether, the company behind USDT, holds about $2.1 billion in cash and short-term securities, wrote its General Counsel, Stuart Hoganer, in an advert Tuesday. Hoganets is also general counsel to Bitfinex, a crypto exchange which shares executives and has overlapping owners of Tether. The two companies are at the heart of allegations by the New York Attorney General, who says Bitfinex borrowed more than $600 million from Tether after losing as much as $850 million to a currency converter. That's interesting. Hoinger filed the affidavit to support an order to show cause to vacate or modify the NYAG's ex-party order filed last week and to say the order which would compel Bitfinex and Tether to produce certain documents by May 3rd. So indeed, under a subheading labelled Tether holders are not at risk, Hoinger confirmed that USDT is no longer backed 100% by cash or liquid assets, saying... As of the date, April 30th, I'm signing the affidavit Tether has cash and equivalent short-term securities on hand totaling approximately $2.1 billion, representing approximately 74% of the current outstanding Tethers. According to Omni Explorer, a block explorer for Tether, 
There are approximately 2.8 billion USDT tokens issued as of today. So another attorney representing Tether, Zoe Phillips of law firm Morgan Lewis, wrote in a memorandum of law in support of the defendant's order to show cause that Tether does not need to hold $1 for every USDT issued. She wrote, according to the Attorney General, the line of credit needed to be frozen because it improperly impairs the reserves Tether would use for redemptions. The Attorney General appears to believe that Tether must hold $1 in cash fiat currency for every dollar of Tether. These allegations are wrong on multiple levels. The terms of Tether and Bitfinex's credit agreement were negotiated on an arm's length basis on commercially reasonable terms. She added, saying that each of the companies was represented by independent counsel. However, as Bitfinex critic Bitfinex noted on Twitter, the same individual, Giancarlo Davanci, signed both Tether and Bitfinex's agreements. So Hoenger echoed Phillips's claim that the agreements were negotiated independently, while also adding that Teva has noted on its website that its stablecoin is no longer 100% backed, citing media reports when the platform changed its stance. Hoenger wrote in his affidavit that the Bitfinex and Tether lending agreements were made for the protection of the virtual currency market, perhaps underscoring concerns that the two companies compose a significant part of the crypto market infrastructure. Tether and holders of Tether have a keen interest in ensuring that one of the dominant trading platforms of Tether has significant and sufficient liquidity for normal operations. He wrote, addressing what possible benefits exist from the deal. He added that any disruptions to Bitfinex's operational risk harming Tether as well. Between 2000, December 2018 and April 29, 2019, an average of 566,000 USDT have been redeemed, Phillips added, with the largest redemption in that period checking in at $24.2 million. Hoenger did not immediately respond to a request for a comment. So this is Hoenger's affidavit, right? Supreme County of the state of New York, County of New York. And this is basically the affirmation of Stuart Hoenger and everything that he's presented to Bitfinex. Um, as you, as an affidavit, right? And talking about what he believes is going on and his view and how 70% is is going to be, is a, is a fine way of basically backing that of US dollars, right? For 70% of, of the total supply. Now, <clears throat> this is news, right? This is big news because originally it was backed, every stable coin, every Tether token was backed by US dollar. Now only 74% or 70%, 74%, is backed with actual cash. Now that's a big difference. But on the same hand, you have to look at the reason why Tether is doing what it's doing. It's there so traders don't have to basically um, offload from position on back into fiat, pay capital gains, then come back in. And then by the way, that takes five days, maybe a week to go through the process, go crypto to fiat, fiat to crypto. And you might have missed a trade that you wanted to do. Or you might have missed a move that you wanted to make. Tether is basically there to offload that risk onto Tether and then bounce back into the market as and when you please, right? So the purpose of Tether has been carried out with a little bit of, um, it's been carried out with a little bit of percentage change of the actual Tether token each and every day, right? I think the, the lowest we saw it go was like 92 cents. The highest was $1.10 um, in, in the crazy times. But the actual purpose of Tether has remained intact. Now, but the question is, does this change Tether? The fact it's only 70% backed or 74% backed. Does this take it take away what its purposes are? And 
it it doesn't really. But what it does, it doesn't help with the transparency that Bitfinex hadn't come out of this from the beginning or was doing monthly audits to show people this was happening. So it wasn't such a surprise. And I think that's I think that's a really key point that Bitfinex has missed out on here and um, something that they will have to address in the future. And it'll be interesting to see their public um, their public note they will be releasing, which I assume will be very shortly. But other than that, I think all is well. And, um, you know, it makes, it, I mean, listen, it makes a lot of way for all the other stable coins out there. The Gemini dollar, for example, that's had an uplift in the last 48 hours from all of this. Um, so stable coins themselves, very interesting space. I think Tether was, you know, Tether was the first, right? And what we've learned from the technological breakthrough is the first isn't always the best, right? If you look at search engines, for example, that came out in the 90s, um, a little search engine called Google was the 28th search engine. It wasn't the first. It didn't reinvent the wheel. It just did it better and it was easier to use. So let's see what's going on in the stablecoin market. But that's the news from Tether and the news from Bitfinex. HTC has come out onto the market today, plans to launch another blockchain phone this year. So Taiwanese consumer electronics firm HTC is doubling down on its mission to offer blockchain features to its mobile phone users. HTC Decentralized Chief Officer Phil Chen said at a recent event in Taipei that the company is preparing to release a second generation of its blockchain phone, the Exodus, by the year's end, Taiwan News reported on Sunday. By the way, myself and Chain have met Phil, lovely guy. He's actually come to London in July, so hopefully we'll get him on the podcast then as well. But um, super smart guy. He was speaking at Token 2049, and um, his views on the space are just phenomenal, so we have to get him onto the show. Um, it goes on to say that the HTC Exodus 1 was officially released last October after being first announced during Consensus 2018 of May last year. The phone includes a cryptocurrency wallet and also supports decentralized applications or dApps. Sales of the device have been in line with the company's expectations, Chen reportedly told the event. Rival blockchain phone maker Israel-based Assyrian Labs, on the other hand, recently axed a quarter of its workforce due to disappointing sales of its Finny phone. According to DigiTimes, Chen indicated the second-gen device will sport extra features of the current model, saying the new phone will extend its blockchain apps to include other areas such as browsing, messaging, and social media. This is a really key space, and HTC have done a really good job of basically getting into this space, hiring someone like Phil Chen, who is extremely proficient in blockchain, and building this out with, a, with an amazing team. Um, Siren Labs, I know they've got a, they have a shop here in London and I know they've done a lot of events, none that I've attended thus far. Um, but I know that their, their strategy was a little bit different, right? It was instead of building out the actual device and, and making that the best it can be, they worked on partnerships. So I think they've got a partnership with, um, like I think Ronaldo, the, the, the football player and a couple other big football players and a few boxers. I mean, like it's ridiculous the partnerships they have, but the underlying tech isn't, as clean it would seem, if you look at the sales figures, um, as HTC and what they've been able to do. And by the way, HTC is a massive giant. So when they come in and they're moving into the space, you know the resources that they have are, are limitless. So two, two charged with running shadow banking services for crypto exchanges. So the US Department of Justice announced Tuesday that has hit two individuals with bank fraud charges in connection to a system for depositing funds to cryptocurrency exchanges. In a statement, U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York alleged the Reginald Fowler of Arizona and Rajiv Yosef 
said to live in Tel Aviv, Israel, were part of a scheme that involved using bank accounts to move money into a series of unnamed cryptocurrency exchanges. Court documents released by the Justice Department purport that the alleged money services business operated between February and October 2018. Now, during that period, prosecutors said the two opened and used numerous bank accounts of financial institutions that were insured by the FDIC, including one based in Manhattan. Two of the bank accounts named in the court documents are allegedly held under the name Global Trading Solutions LLC. One apiece from HSBC Bank USA and HSBC Securities USA Pershing LLC. Now, the firm was previously identified as um, in October as having done business with crypto exchange Bitfinex, which is being investigated alongside the stable coin user Tether. We all know about that. And past reporting suggests that the corporate entity was said to be involved and tied to Crypto Capital, a payment processing firm that provided services to crypto exchange Bitfinex and others. Reginald Fowler and Rajiv Yosif allegedly ran a shadow bank that processed hundreds of millions of dollars of unregulated transactions on behalf of numerous cryptocurrency exchanges, U.S. Attorney Giroff Bernan said in a statement. And now what does this all mean? Well, they're basically using the law <clears throat> and they've read the law and they're basically going through opening accounts in one company name and then basically letting another company who's blacklisted from using accounts because they operate in crypto use that bank account. And if anything becomes an issue, they just open up another bank account under that name and they'll take a percentage of whatever whatever funds are needed, right? So that's how the business is operating. Now, the only reason they have to operate like that is because banking, um, well, financial institutions won't bank um, exchanges. And it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. And one of the reasons why you have that is because of the negative sentiment people have towards crypto. Now, I've been in loads of meetings where I see this as well, where it's, um, well, you talk to people about crypto and blockchain, and it's kind of like crypto bad, blockchain good. And it all comes back to Jamie Dimon, his his sentiment and his resonance on, on this issue as well. Now, cryptocurrencies are, or tokens, are the value of exchange, right? They're the exchange value between A and B. They represent that, and whatever token outlet that you have, you can you can have it represent different values, different things. Um, in Tether's case, you can have it represent 70% of a dollar. Now, that's great, but you need blockchain for that to take place. Blockchain is the technology, but banks won't won't deal with it, and it's it's utterly ridiculous. How are you going to help innovate this new age of financial technology? if you can't help facilitate its banking services. Now, the only reason they're not helping it is because they see a threat from it. Now, that's the only thing that I can logically grasp to. But listen, let us know your thoughts. The best way to do that is hit us up on Telegram, SVK Crowd. If you type that in, you'll find us. Tweet us at SVK underscore crypto. Or feel free to email myself, cstory, C-S-T-O-R-R-Y, at svkcrypto.com. That's a wrap. I've got to bounce.